Hey, welcome back to Bankrupt Overland. It's LJ, your host again. I have a very, very special guest tonight, Mr. Sir William Goes. What is up, my man? What's happening, brother? Hey, we were just bullshitting before, um, but uh, I was I was commending LJ on his hat. And I don't know if you guys can see this or not, so I'll describe it to you. He's wearing this uh, blue hat that's got this really simple but good-looking patch on it that says Fine Southern Gentleman. And if you've ever met LJ, it's fitting LJ, but it's just a dope-ass hat, too. So I was telling him that <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get one on a flat bill and uh, I'm going to rock it. Uh, what you drinking on, man? Because we had to both we had to both go get drinks before we get started. Yeah, so I found um, a bottle of Four Roses single barrel in my in my liquor cabinet that I was like, hey, uh, I've been on. My buddy bought me a bottle of Old Scout. I would have never chosen to go it. Like if all liquor store, I've never chose it. But I've been drinking on that one for a couple months. It's my sipping whiskey. It's been great. But I, I forgot how good Four Roses is. This is this is mighty tasty for the first sip. Sipping whiskey. You drink yeah. it uh, cold or? Uh, I normally, so I got these, These you can't, y'all can't see it, but I got a, an ice ball. We get to put in the video for you. And so uh, this thing lasts about nice. a good two, That's two full drinks for me. Right there. Two full glasses. Uh, that was a, that was like a, I think, I think a company I worked for at one point bottom for the whole sales team, uh, which is probably not something you want to buy your sales team when you already have a drinking problem as a sales team anyways. I think it's perfect. Because <laughs> naturally as salespeople, we all have some sort of vice anyway. That's right. And, uh, That's right. Why not make it with, <laughs> with nice cubed uh, globe ice cubes? Yeah. Yeah, it's That's a super perfect. simple plastic design that's just in a in a globe, and then you just fill it up with water, and it's got a little hole in the top of it. So when you close the top down, the excess water comes out over top, and you just throw it in the freezer, and yeah, you just you know put it in and fill it back up. It's nice. Well, I'll tell you what I'm drinking on. I am drinking on a very fine Paps Blue Ribbon. Hey, my man. My man. Yeah, and let me tell you, because um, you know I'm a I'm a connoisseur of the financial lights. That's that's kind of <laughs> what I get into. The, the bush lattes. These uh, cats yeah. out in Texas. Yeah, these cats out in Texas, they drink Budweiser, bro. That's it. That's I had to go to are. legitimately. Yeah legitimately i had to go to four stores try to find the pbr i was looking for yingling because you know yingling is the only american made beer i think aside from like the ipas and stuff like that right i know it's the oldest brewery in america right and it's still in america like you yeah know, uh budweiser and everybody's and sold out the yeah. swedish oh. companies love getting us drunk <laughs> oh man <laughs> have you tried lone star yet no, I have to, where, what is that? I'll have to look that it's up. It's in Texas. So it's like, you can only find it in Texas. It's Lone Star beer. Um, you Makes can sense. It's the Lone Star steak. Yeah. And so it's, it's made in Texas and, and you can only find it, I think in Texas. Oh, you might be able to find it on some neighboring states around Texas, but uh, my brother-in-law um, drives trucks for a living. And so I always tell him to grab me a case of Lone Star when he goes through Texas, <laughs> but it's, it's some financial light beer, man. It's your, it's your regular old, you know, get a 30 pack of Lone Stars. You don't have to look for that. Get down with it. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. So we, we, me and Will have been talking about doing this for, 
what, since the Red Clay Rally when we were riding around in the cruiser? Uh, yeah, sober. man. <laughs> uh, when we hopped up in – dude, I hopped up in your 100 series, and I was – yeah, I was blown away. I was riding in style. <laughs> Not to mention having good company and just having a blast. We were riding around, and yeah, man. Uh yeah, we've been talking. We were supposed to do it in person. We got to hang out not too long ago. We were supposed to do it in person, but we each ran out of time. Yep, yep. Uh, you might hear – I don't know if you can hear that. This microphone might be good enough to hide that thunder, but we got a, a major storm that what hit you yesterday in Texas and, and it's coming through Nashville now. Um, but uh, Let me tell you, so I, I've been living in South Carolina for like 20 years. I think right at 20 years. Uh, maybe a little under, but anyway, when I, uh, moved to South Carolina, I moved from Texas. So I lived in a, a town called Grapevine, Colleyville area, Hershey, Bedford. it's kind of like a little area okay. of, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. So when I first moved there, I moved there from Florida and I was used to hurricanes and stuff like that in Florida. And then my family's always been from South Carolina. So I was used to hurricanes and shit. Those, you can see those coming for, you know, like a week. Right. <laughs> then whenever I moved out to Texas, I was scared, like shitless scared of killer bees were a big thing that were over the news and tornadoes. And both of them were in Texas. And I was like, man. And, and like my favorite movie at the time was Twister because the dude's name was Billy and he drove a badass. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> he, he had a Dodge Ram, so, like a beefy, beefy Dodge yeah, Ram. Yeah, man. He had the with the solid axles on the front. Yeah. And it was that, it was that, uh, it was like the Chuck Norris style. It was That's dope. Right. That was a good one. Oh, that was such a sweet truck. Yep. Oh, gosh. Yeah, man. So at any rate, uh, you know, I'd been stuck on this tornado kick. So then we moved out to Texas and I'm scared shitless of the tornadoes. And next thing you know, the fucking power goes out the sirens are going off and I, and my mom is like out hanging out and I'm just at the house chilling. And uh, well, it was an apartment complex. I'm at the second story apartment complex. And I want to say I was like <laughs> over 13. Right. And I was like, Oh shit, what am I going to do? You know, like the only thing I can think of is run and hide underneath the stairs, you know? So ever since then I've been scared shitless of, of Texas storms because they get bad out here. Well, then we get here last night at like six o'clock at night and uh it like my phone pops up risk of severe thunderstorms in 24 hours and i'm like oh here we go <laughs> so i like look it up and they're like yeah four o'clock it, it's probably gonna get pretty bad you know 40 to 60 mile an hour winds next thing you know i wake up and i'm shaking and shit and all you can hear is all of our shit moving it sounds like we're being drugged down the fucking interstate right <laughs> And then uh, it's what it is, is it's, it's wind, bro. There's nothing out here. It's incredibly flat. It's like, so when the wind comes through, I mean, it's booking it. Right. It and at four o'clock in the morning, I look at my phone and I was like, right on time. You know, <laughs> so I, like, I come into the living room and I turn on the TV to try to find out the news. And they're like, well, wow, these have the potential to get severe. They're not severe yet. And I'm thinking, holy shit, bro. There's 60 mile an hour winds outside and they're not even severe yet. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, man. So I got reminded real quick about the storms here in Texas, but it was good because it gave us an opportunity to make a plan. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, now yeah. we know the plan and like, Hey, it happens we got to get the fuck out of here and go east until we can figure something out you know what i mean right right 
So kind uh, kind of cool story. So you you currently are what I, I would I would say you're nomadic. I don't know. Is that what you call call yourself? Your living situation right now? I like to think of it as homeless. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See if you put a politically correct word on it. <laughs> My man Will goes, I'm homeless. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. So for y'all who don't know Will. But I'm really good at it, though. It's just ma- I just make it look really good. That's the only difference. Really good. <laughs> for y'all that don't know, this man <laughs> this man has decided uh, him him and his wife. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, him yeah. and his wife have decided to essentially live on the road. And so tell us about your home and, and what you do and, and kind of what, what, what your setup is. Yeah, so I do the whole walk through, like, welcome to my crib, but literally I can just spin a circle with the, uh, let's see, I could probably just spin a circle. Never mind the mess. There's the bathroom. There's the kitchen. Yep, yep. There's Lady Christie in the bed. Hey, hey. And there's Puma Dog on his couch. And when I say his couch, it's his couch, bro. You to ask if you came over right now and sat on the couch, he would legit either try to sit on top of you or just look at you until you felt so bad you'd want to get on the floor. <laughs> so you but just, likely he'd just crawl up there and hop in your lap. I love it. I love it. So you just so you were you yeah. were in South Carolina what two weeks ago, right? Is is where you were you were you were you in Knoxville? Yeah, so I'll give you a rundown of the whole year, right? Okay, perfect, perfect. It's crazy. So we started in March 2020. (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, last year. Got it. We started in March 2020. And we went Before you go any further. uh, That was right when COVID was. Did uh, did you start before COVID or did COVID inspire this, this life? Oh no, it was already, we were already well into the works. It was, we were ready to go. Yeah. March was the, March was the month we, we were ready to roll. Yeah. Nice. We had planned it out already. So we had already got rid of everything. We had already um, got the RV. We had already got, uh, all of our shit was in order to get gone. Nice. And uh, so we started in March. We, because of COVID, we stayed on family land for, uh, I want to say like a month or so. Okay. Uh, and maybe two months and kind of got the hang of, you know, living on living in this thing. And that helped out because it allowed us to, um, one, it allowed me to fix some of the issues and shit like that, that these things inevitably have. So you get two different types of campers on the market right now that you can buy. And it's the ones that leak and ones that are going to leak. Right. Like, so, the, so they just leak from random spots and, and it's usually the plumbing that they do. So I got to learn the inner workings of the RV and stuff like that. And uh, kind of got the feel for it. And that was good while we still had our family support around, you know, so we were still right. in Columbia there in South Carolina. And uh, from there we moved to Gatlinburg and we stayed right outside of uh, Sevierville for a little while uh, which was awesome, man. It was beautiful out there. Um, the only thing is, is everybody thinks it's beautiful out there and everybody wanted to come hang out there. And Mm -hmm. then when the COVID really, the lockdown started and everything like that, like even more people were trying to come out and hang out on the outside. And it just, it was, it was wild. 
Um, and as for as social as I am, I really don't like people. It's kind of crazy how that works out. But it's, it's nothing personal. It's just I don't want to be in a big crowd of people all the time. You right, know what I mean? right. So uh, that being said, I was like, and then the other thing was like, is every time we went out to eat, it was like 45 minute waits and uh, it was $50 a pop every time we would do it, you know? So it was like, yeah, yeah. Prices. It was like we got to get out of here. So yeah. So then we went up to, uh, we went up to, uh, North of Knoxville and stayed up there for a little while. And, uh, now from there, we went back to Columbia, spent the holidays with friends and families and everything, and then started making our, uh, our pilgrimage out to uh, Texas, which is where we're at now. And the way that we did that was we stopped in Alabama where uh, I got to hang out for a week and kind of travel through the Talladega national forest and a couple, a uh, couple of oh. spots up in the little river Canyon and up and do that. And, uh, and then we stopped in Louisiana and, and camped out in the swamp for a night. And then we ended up in Texas, which is where we're at now. And now we're at this like really bougie RV, uh, dog resort. It's a dog RV resort. It's called a uh, wagon tail. And we, we haven't figured out what well, neighbors are worse. If it's neighbors with lots of kids or neighbors with dogs or neighbors with kids and dogs. Um, I think it's just neighbors period. I'd rather be out in the middle of nowhere, but that's where we find ourselves right now. Oh, so yeah, we're going to stay here for a month and then we'll make our journey South Texas and then circle back around and end up in uh, Utah and then go hang out up North and follow the thermometer. Nice. I like that. I need to get down there in the next month then to get my doors. <laughs> Will is, is yeah. kind enough to, uh, to grab some, some matching Jeep doors for my Jeep that, uh, will have the same 30 year patina that my Jeep does. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I need to get, I need to actually call that guy probably and, and make sure he's still going to. Yeah, I'm stoked too. Um, I, so here's what we got planned. We're staying here because I can't leave lady Christie out in the middle of the woods while I go venturing off and exploring the areas around, which is the idea behind living this nomadic lifestyle mm -hmm. is to be able to set the trailer up in spots and then kind of spider off of those and go explore yeah everywhere around it so um i need to get up in the ozarks with you with your jeep doors we planned a weekend on that so right. you can't back out on that so no. we got to do that so we have to do that the next and uh time is what i hear yeah yeah somewhere like that and then i'm going up to oklahoma and i'm going to do a circle around oklahoma it's like this adventure trail thing kind of like the other ones that i've done through the other various different states yeah and uh yeah so that's going to be cool then i'm going up to kansas city where i hear they've got this really good barbecue called slaps barbecue and the brisket just melts in your mouth like cotton candy so i gotta go try that out because mm -hmm. i'm a fat boy at heart while i'm there i'm gonna hang out with the folks from action tracks and we're gonna do some uh recovery stuff and do some uh and and take a look at their factory and where they make them at and stuff like that so that should be cool nice and then uh yeah and then come back. So yeah, I got a big, uh, I got a big month going on and I did a poll today. I was going to go to King of Hammers. Um, just don't feel like participating in the economy of California. And uh, I don't, it, it, it's just not to me, it's not worth it to travel out there and, and see it when I'm going to be in Utah and they're going to have a similar event in Utah. And uh, so I'll just catch it on the flip side in Utah, I believe. 
Yeah, wait, wait for a uh, year when King of Hammers is in full blast instead of kind of. I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be in some limited fashion out there in uh, in, in California. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know. Yeah. Uh, but you know that's a big that's a big deal. Not only is forty hours time just to drive out there, right? Ooh. So it's twenty hours each way. Yep. So that's forty. That's a. I mean, think about it. That's a work week, right? So that's forty hours of drive time that you got to work on, and then the gas. Um, if if you do moderate gas, that's six hundred dollars worth of gas. You know, if you if you're if you're doing a moderate gas estimate. Um, well, you're, yeah. You're so taking... it's a lot of time and expense going those things yeah you'd be taking two vehicles out there right because you'd be you'd be towing the no so that's the beauty of kind of what we're doing so that's the idea is we set the trailer up and then i still go venture off and do the sir william goes and usa on dirts and stuff like that um and then of course we go and, and venture off and do little small things and, and weekend trips and stuff like that so that's what's really cool about this whole uh this whole lifestyle is if we can just set our home up in a different region then we can venture off in that region and go camp and overland and do all that fun stuff. Yeah. So is there, so you said you were going to come back. Is, is there really a back or, or is it, is it just where you go now as far as your life goes? Well, as much as I'd like to keep it that way, um, eventually we will have to set up roots somewhere and okay. we've talked about, there's no time frame. We don't have ourselves locked nice. into that. Uh, but the, uh, the place as of right now will definitely be Eastern Tennessee. I mean, okay. it's just, you know, we've been all over it. My, my uncle says, uh, he lives up in Nashville, of course, near you. Yep. And, uh, my uncle says he's been all over the, he says, son, I've been all over the world and there ain't no prettier place in Tennessee. I, I a smart man. I agree with him. Yeah. I agree with him. Uh, it's pretty, the- man. It's pretty. And you know, the Southeast has one thing that we need, which is water lots of it and it's hard to find some of the other places yeah you know i i I recall you know you see the the water shortages in california and and these other places where where it's it's a real thing right like you you have to vary you have to ration your water and limit it and that is something that we have never ever 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 considered in my life in my lifetime living in tennessee is is rationing water if anything you Mm -hmm. have you have more floods than anything right that's i guess it's because it's technically a rainforest right yeah it's it's a temperate rainforest that whole area there is uh so yeah i I mean i think chattanooga gets like 42 inches of rain every year knoxville gets i think somewhere around 38 to 40 inches of that whole area just it's a lot of it's a lot of rain which plays hell whenever you got a solar up that you're trying to uh live off of that is one good thing i'll say about here man is by you know i mean it's flat bro there's nothing out here it's flat for days uh so the solar we're picking up solar pretty good that's good that's good so do you have do you have to set up any power or anything in there do you run solely off of off of solar now yeah, so I hooked up a solar, um, uh, a whole solar system. Uh, so a solar ray is what you would call it. And then, okay. uh, you know, a power system. So I ran two solar panels up on the top of the roof and I've got a cable that runs down exterior cable. It's not drilled through anything. So that way I can quick connect it and different things like that. Um, and that runs into a charge controller, which then charges up. I got three batteries underneath the bed. And okay. those three batteries give me 300 amp hours. 
And then from there, there's a wire that goes from the battery into a big box that's called a MultiPlus by Victron. And this thing is a charge controller, switch, brains of the operation, inverter, converter, whatever. And I just rerouted the factory wiring into that guy. And now everything works just in the camper. But instead of working off of the plug in the back, it works off of the plug in the back or those batteries. Okay. So you have the options. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's pretty awesome. And so if I'm not, um, yeah, so if I'm not able to catch solar, then I have a 3,500 watt generator that I power up and then plug in just like normal and it would charge up those batteries. And those batteries will get us, if we're conservative with it, those batteries will get us about day and a half, maybe two days, depending on what all we have to run and then on the ambient temperature nice that's that's pretty solid actually for like your house right like yeah it's very solid so and then the cool thing about that system is when we do set up in um eastern tennessee there we'll probably be looking for something like five acres of somewhat raw land but not uh, not horrible land but somewhat raw land uh that has decent resources on it and i'll be able to take that same system and build our house which will actually just be a tiny house i mean we live in 200 square foot or less right now like anything more than this will definitely be a luxury you know so we lived in 900 square foot before um which is probably where we'll end up is somewhere right around a thousand square foot 800 to a thousand square foot designed efficiently and um, I'm really into like, uh, like zero emissions and net zero stuff. And like, just, and there's ways that you can build things and make completely encompassed in itself and work off of itself and, you know, different things like that. So I'm really intrigued by that. And one day I ultimately want to build some stuff that does that. Yeah. So I've got, I've got this buddy and, uh, and he's, he's kind of, he's like, he's like Jeff that's on a, on the podcast a lot, DIY Land Cruiser. He's like him but like in another friend group, if that makes sense. So he's the other, he's my other DIY friend, like does everything himself. Like the guy literally hand built a wooden canoe over three years in his, in his basement, like a legitimately like awesome. Canoe. That's dope. Um, and he has an old that Bronco is really dope. That, that he actually, um, he old Bronco that he, uh, he like tore the transmission open and rebuilt it himself, like rebuilt the transmission, like, that's like stuff I don't even look at. Like, oh no, that goes to somebody who's a pro. Yeah, if you, if you know so, if somebody can rebuild a transmission, that's pretty impressive, yeah. dude. And so uh, his that's a, his, that's an interesting like an automatic transmission is pretty intricate. So his dad um, actually built the house that they grew up in, and he kind of built it in in phases, right? He built one part, and then he kind of added on to it. And so when you go in his house, you can tell it's built in different phases. But you're talking about kind of the zero emissions and, and being as green as possible. His dad has set up the windows in the house to where in the summertime, based on the sun's position yep. in the summer, the, the sun never actually comes directly into the house. So it stays cooler. Right. And then in the winter time, he has the windows positioned to where the sun actually stays going into the house the entire time in the winter to help heat it. And I thought when I first heard that, I thought that was the craziest thing in the world. And as I get older, I'm like, that's the smartest shit I've ever heard of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's called, that's what I'm talking about. Those are passive. Those are what they call passive building miles or passive styles. So passive homes, mm -hmm. which basically means they use all those different aspects and you build up the roof to where it 
can collect rainwater and also do what you're talking about. They actually uh, get down to, they have the, uh, the thermal mass of the concrete act as a, uh, act as a way that can, you know, keep it cool and keep it warm at the same time. And then they've got, like you said, the positioning of the sun they work with. So that way it's really intriguing stuff, man. And it's, and it really is. And when you're out here and you're doing things like this, um, you really kind of get a grasp for how all that stuff works and how it's, you know, it all kind of works together, but. Yeah, you almost yeah, like it's can, uh it that's that's always intrigued me. Yeah, you can almost like slow you down what? you can almost slow down enough to actually see it when you're out there like that, right? Like I look at my life and it's just like boom, 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 one thing after another, right? And and we don't need to be that busy. We just are that busy. That's the kind of people we are and we stay moving and we stay active. But but I, I do notice whenever I do get out and I slow down, I start to think differently, right? And you and you do start to think differently and you see the world differently and and that's kind of one, I think that's one of those things why people love the overland and outdoor culture so much is because it allows them to slow down enough to think and, and feel right and, and, and be um, and not always moving and planning and, and trying to stay one step ahead, right? You're just kind of present. Um, and I feel like that's something you can really get when you, uh, when you, when you go down that kind of lifestyle you're in right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, you got two different ways that, that folks go about it. What I will say, though, is, you know, what I've told everybody wants to say, oh, that's great. The thing about this lifestyle is there's nothing easy about it, right? Like it's a constant learning deal. You're constantly trying to figure it out. Like it's just a different set of challenges, right? Like you got your set of challenges there at home. We've got our set of challenges too. So it's a different set of challenges, but it is a lot of go, 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 go. It's just a different type of go, 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 go. But what we are afforded the opportunity to do sometimes is like the other day, whenever I was walking out on the camp uh, around the camper, I looked up and whenever I looked up, I was able to see like every star in the sky. And I was like, mm. man, like, that's amazing. You know, and you just don't, those opportunities don't necessarily come about. I remember whenever I was younger, man, and I used to do nothing but just chase the dollar, chase the dollar, chase the dollar. Bro, I never once looked up. Like whenever I was on my trip, um, my first trip across the Transamerica Trail, like that was really the first time that I just stopped and like looked up and I was like, holy shit, like, look at these stars, man. Like, and you're not afforded that opportunity until you just get out there and, and mm -hmm. just you're forced with nothing else to do, but look up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. That's awesome. So, so we're, uh, you're in Texas, right? You know, you mentioned the Ozarks and Oklahoma. What are, what, what are some key places around that Texas area you're going to go check out in the next month or so? So that was the, that was where I was actually going with that, uh, that last little rambling about the stars I went on. So you got two different ways that people do this, right? You have some folks that like plan every aspect of it. They research it. They map out their maps. They create coordinates. They get time schedules. They do things like that. And uh, then you have folks that do absolutely none of that and absolutely just wing it. Like I literally pack my bag and turn my fridge on, hit the grocery store at some point before I find some camp that's hopefully before 4 p.m. And uh, yeah, and I just wing it, man. Like I got a general direction of kind of where I'm going to go and I'll look at an area, but I just wing it. It's I like that. Yeah. So no real plan. 
Yeah, yeah. I, need to, I need more. And I found whenever you make plans, they usually you get pissed off more if they don't work out versus if you just have no plan at all, then. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the low expectations, right? If you if you have high expectations, you're always going to be disappointed. If you have always have low expectations, you're always going to be surprised and, and 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 be probably a happier person in general. Yeah, absolutely. It's like I have I have high expectations in business. I try to keep low expectations in life. <laughs> it's just like there's there's just things you can't. A, that's a tough deal, man. Because I find myself getting really pissed off because I do have such high expectations of people. Because as people, we're extremely smart individuals. Like we are so brilliant. The things that we can do with our minds and how we interact is just unbelievable. And some of the stupidity that I see in the world just drives me insane. <laughs> uh, I do know. I do know. Uh, and I think you're right. I think it's because my expectations are so high of people. Like I expect everybody to be a decent person. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. I, 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 I've, uh, I've been working on it, but like I always end up like, I, I, I don't have that where I'm looking at, I, I try to see the, I just end up normally, identifying the things that I see in people that aren't great early on. And I'm like, okay, so I, I, my expectations are low here. And then, and then they end up doing something. I'm like, Oh damn, you are a decent human being. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's probably how you felt whenever I was on time for our podcast. Is even. <laughs> <laughs> you called me like 10 minutes early. And I'm like, what's this man doing? Is he about to back out on me? <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, let me in on the podcast. You said six o'clock, right? I was like, I looked down. I was like, it's like, oh man, he's about to back out. It's like, what's up? He's like, hey, can no, you yeah, I thought about I thought about messing with you and being like, yeah, LJ, man, my back hurts. I can't do it. <laughs> oh man, I broke my finger. I can't get on the podcast tonight, man. Yeah, I think I, I think I bruised my foot. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, man. Uh, so no, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's it's good chilling with you. It's I always like talking with you. You're my dude. Oh yeah, good it's always cheer. fun. We uh, cheers, cheers. We uh, we always uh, end up getting into some pretty good conversations. And so so we met on the rally. For y'all that don't know, the Red Clay Rally. We've talked about it a little bit. We're actually going to have a session about a month from now. We're going to talk directly about the rally. And then at some point, I'm going to, I'm going to make a cold call out to, to the organizer of the rally and I'm going to get him on in the next few months as well. I haven't done that yet, but it's coming. If he listens to this, you're going to get a call from me. Um, <laughs> I'm persistent. So just go ahead and say yes the first time. Um, but, say yes, man. <laughs> but anyways, so we meet and, 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 and exactly what he said, uh, we're, we're, I'm in my land cruiser with um, my co-pilot, Billy, and then a buddy of ours from Colorado uh, flew down from Colorado to literally just do the rally with us. And so we're all piled in my Land Cruiser. There's way too much shit in there, way too many people in there, but we were having fun. Way too much shit. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so we're like, we're like through the, the first day Billy drove and I just, I just had a whole lot of fun. Uh, the second day I, I, I started driving again and about halfway through the day, Greg, who was from Colorado, hops like hops out and goes and gets in another person's vehicle and will just jumps in i'm like what's up dog and and we just start talking and uh and we realized really quick that all three of us are sales guys just by the way and like none of us said what we did in the world but the way we all looked at it and the way we all started talking within like 10 minutes we're all like we're all sales guys aren't we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're the only people you can get in a room and we're just like all instantly hanging out exactly uh, talking exactly. and carrying on what we know one another yeah um but and actually uh will stayed in the land cruiser for the remainder of the rally after that and so for the next day and a half uh we got to know will will got to know us we had a, a hell yeah. of a time uh i think you got in right after i smashed my door on a tree <laughs> so it's pretty brave of you to <laughs> jump in yeah it was um it was after that so what good about that is i knew that i was riding with you because i was like you know what he's already smashed his door he's gonna be a whole lot easier on this thing from here on out so i'm good to go no <laughs> not the case you wasn't any easier on it <laughs> <laughs> you had the wrong read on that one early but listen, on <laughs> this thing rides like a cadillac man it's so sweet i'm telling you i wish apple rode that comfortable lord have mercy that thing rode good so uh, and i was in the back seat i'm a big old dude you know what i mean yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it's super comfortable. I was gonna say there was another guy. I was at that South, uh, Southeastern Toyota Land Cruiser Association. That's such a long ass name for a group. They need to really figure Southeastern that out. Southeastern Toyota Land Cruiser Association. Like, I mean, I get why they, I get why they abbreviate it now because man, that's a whole lot of shit to get out of your mouth. Um, but they uh, <laughs> five. That's even a lot. That's even a lot of damn. That's even a lot of letters. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> like there's there's better words that are shorter than that. <laughs> the yeah. Love you guys. Love you guys. Just change your name. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Dirty South Cruisers would have been a better name. Just saying, it's easier to it's easier to market. Too. Southeast Cruisers. Oh yeah, that actually would be real good. We should probably just go and grab that domain while we're at it. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up and get on Bluehost. <laughs> Um, so we were on that ride and, uh, a, a guy jumped in the Land Cruiser. He'd been riding this Tacoma and, uh, and he gets in the same exact thing that you do when you got in. He was just like, damn, this is, this is plush. This I didn't, is nice. I didn't know these were that nice inside. <laughs> yeah. It reminds you, it's like, damn, I should have spent 30 grand on a night one of these, man, instead of on a brand new forerunner. Dude, I spent, I mean... <laughs> I spent nine grand on it when I bought it. And that's, that's what I paid for the actual Land Cruiser when I, when I got it. Yeah, but you have some miles on it, right? Yeah, 256,000 miles now. It had 240,000. I, I haven't met anybody with one of these things that has less than 200-something thousand miles on it, man. I mean, that's why I bought it, right? So the, the first time, the first rally yeah. I did, I followed Jake Parsons on Instagram at Jake of All Terrains around in his 80 Series Land Cruiser, and that's who you rode with and i saw that's that what land i was riding cruiser. in yeah yeah i saw that land cruiser just doing whatever it wanted to and i was like man I'm whatever wrong. it wants to i'm in the wrong vehicle no, I was a lot of it has to do with jake is a good driver yes jake is a good driver i'll give him some of that he knows how to pick his lines and stuff but the other thing is is he knows how to just hammer that fucking right foot just all the way through <laughs> that man that man he, will, he is not afraid of that pedal that man should have went in out throttle out tattooed on his forehead because that is how that man yeah. we yeah. love you jake cheers yeah cheers. <laughs> you see he just i think he just swapped yeah. in uh some locked axles so now it's a triple locked 80 which he shouldn't need to go skinny well, pedal but he is. he shouldn't need the right pedal anymore he he could just crawl up it now yeah. no yeah. jake though he's probably gonna bounce up it now of course of course um but where was I going? Oh yeah. So we were, we were on the first rally and I was following this Land Cruiser around and I was in that old 1982 Jeep Scrambler, uncomfortable riding around on Leaf Springs, 
lap belts. I mean, I was running around saying lap belts and leaf springs. I couldn't imagine riding in the rally. <laughs> just yelling lap belts and leaf springs at everybody as I was I was watching them winch out of shit. So I was just skinny pelling up. But I got done with that trip and I said, I'm going to buy a Land Cruiser. Like I got home and I, I just said, I will be buying a Land Cruiser and immediately started looking for a Land Cruiser. I had a, I had a 2003 Tahoe at the time that I was actually taking out. It had about 200,000 miles on it too. And I was taking it out to land between the lakes and getting out with my son and kind of doing some small stuff with it, but realized that it was no Land Cruiser. Um, as much as, you know, love you Chevy guys. I love the Tahoe variant. I've got a Yukon sitting right here beside me. Great vehicles. They are not Land Cruisers. Stop trying to say they are. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and so they're low frame vehicles with very poor off-road capabilities other than the fact they have a locker. Yeah. And I did have the, um, the, the, the Tahoe did have the limited slip in the back. So it, it, it was good. I would, I would get, I could get around places that had no issues, you know, but I couldn't go do it. Like I do in the Land Cruiser now. And so I was like, I'm going to get a Land Cruiser. And it took me four months probably to find a Land Cruiser. I probably drove 30 yeah, of them wow. maybe. Um, and, and I wasn't trying to find one in perfect condition, but like the windows needed to work and the seat needed to work. And, you know, I was like, I need something that's like a basic, all the basic things aren't broken on it. And every Land Cruiser I was driving was just tore down and beat down. And so um, finally found that green one, thought I really found a, a great one in great shape. And that thing needed CVs. It needed a steering rack, all the shit that breaks on Land Cruisers it needed. And so, you know, it's, I, I call it now, it's a, it's a 200K 100 series maintenance checkup. You know, you're going to need a steering rack. You're going to need CVs. You're going to need, um, oh, hell, what else broke on it? Uh, oh, all the whole cooling system, right? We do timing belt. And then I had a radiator leak. We got, we fixed the radiator. Damn, all that shit goes bad with those things. And then, uh, and, and then the radiator, once I fixed the radiator, it repressurized the system. And so then everything started fucking leaking that had that coolant in it. And so we, re we replaced all the coolant lines. Uh, and so, yeah, so there's like, you know, you see these Land Cruisers for cheap. But I tell you people, like, unless you have a receipts that show all that work was done in the last 80 and 90,000 miles, it's going to need to be done if you're in that 200 to 250 range. And that's going to cost about $10,000 <laughs> to get it done. And that's if you're a savvy shopper, right? I've, I'm good friends with a, with yeah. a, with a Lexus tech that, you know, he, he does this work on the side for me. So I get the, I get the homie discount. I mean, it's still expensive because the parts aren't cheap, but. And you're a salesperson. So I'm sure, I'm sure you negotiated a good rate. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I really don't like to do that with, uh, with folks like, like him because, you know, they're, you know, they're small businessmen and, and I'm a small businessman. I, You're a small businessman. Yeah. I, I would rather pay the full price to a small it, businessman. It's fair, if, it's, if it's fair, it's fair. You know yeah. I mean? He does phenomenal work. He takes care of me. Um, he's gotten me in before big trips when stuff is like, I had a, I had an axle seal go out right before I was going to, uh, to, the outer banks like literally like three days before i was gonna leave my axle started leaking and that dude worked me in that night like he's like just bring it down we'll get it and get it fixed. like ran to o'reilly's because they didn't have one in stock bought one for me he had it down there waiting and we th he threw it in in like 30 minutes and i just hung out there and ate some chick-fil-a and watched some work <laughs> but you know that's the kind of guy yeah. he is. so um yeah. so you know i i th there was a point in my life where, where i did you know i would try to negotiate with those guys but as I've gotten older and, and I understand the value of, of good work and I understand the value of, of, you know, a small business and how much, 
how much your money actually goes to their dinner table and their, and their, their, you know, their hobbies and stuff, man, I would 100% rather pay full price to those people and make sure that, that that's going the right place um, than try to negotiate. Now you get me in a corporate room. I am trying to get all the money I can off of those fools because I know you're just lying in some other rich bastard's pocket. So just keeping it real with you. I, right. I, I will be get I do get in and yeah. negotiate really hard when I'm in the business world, but man, when I'm working with small folks and people running small businesses, I, I want to, I want to pay full price because I know it, it really goes somewhere. Sorry. So as long as it's fair, as long as it's fair value. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, and he, and he gives me, I mean, it's, it's, you know, his, hey, as long as it, that's when the sale makes place, right. When the value exceeds the price. Right. Right. And so his, his labor rates are still, you know, 20% cheaper than any, any shop I'm going to go to. So for that perspective, yeah. like I'm getting a deal and I know it's going right to him. Right. Like, and so it's, uh, it's good. He actually, that door I was talking about that we busted, uh, we ended up buying a new one at a junkyard had it shipped down and he was like, ship it to Lexus. I got you. And so shipped it, you know, cause it had to have a freight because it came off of a, you know, a truck and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. got it dropped off there and, and then he got COVID. So it sat there for like a, a month at his, just in his bay and, uh, went over there like a week ago and he's hanging out and we ended up having to change out everything on the door except the door because it was a 99. And so it didn't have, uh, the windows, were weren't automatic in the rear and so we had to change out the window motor we had to change out the wiring harness on the door so it could work for the window motor and then like in order to set the anti-pinch on my year of land cruiser you have to literally take the window out and so we had to take the like it was like he basically had to take a whole door apart take all the guts out of it and then put it all into a new door um and so we spent Dang. a good four hours up there hanging out while, while we were working on it but um but yeah man like any, any guys like that, I want to, I want to make sure that they're, they're, they're getting what they're worth, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm trying to fix Apple. And whenever I say I'm trying to fix Apple, that means I'm looking for some spray paint that looks really close to that Barcelona red. And I'm just going to spray it up so that she doesn't rust. You know what I mean? What are you talking about on the back? Were you uh, slid in that rut? Oh yeah. She smashed it on the whole side. That's clear. You can't see good on the right side there. If you just look at my forerunner, it's like, oh, this guy can't shit over there. Oh, <laughs> you see that, that that door on the Land Cruiser now is, is a pristine door. It was a, actually it was a very very clean paint job on that Land Cruiser. Color, uh, same color, yeah, same color green. And so oh. um, beautiful door. The rest of my truck, however, has scratches all up and down it from the red plate rally and the tra it's just East coast trails. Like you're just, so what you're you gonna have do, it. <clears throat> yeah. What you could do is you could go to the Kentucky adventure trail and there's a couple of Kentucky car washes there and you could just get even all the way down all, all the three sides. Just that's the, the plan. Top. Yeah. 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 I was like, do I, do I get the whole car buffed and waxed or do I just go get scratches on this one door? Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, no, you just blend all the scratches together to where you can't tell. <laughs> That's right. Or or we'll just find us a good trail in the Ozarks in about a month, then uh, and, and we can it take. It won't be hard. It won't be hard. It's kind of similar. There's um, 
there are some good trails in the Ozarks. Uh, there's one spot, uh, you know, people always ask about the Transamerica Trail, and they say, well, is it tough? One of the tough spots that I tell people is um, the part there in, um, in Arkansas and part of the Ozarks is there's a spot down there that's uh, pretty pretty crazy there's also in that same little area there's a general store that is the oldest store in the state um that's still operating oh. and you can go in there and they got a damn good burger and they got even better pies they make these pies off Ooh. scratch and everything right there and uh, it's called the Ort general store and it's i think it's been around since like the 1800s or something it's pretty crazy it's in the oregon that's part of the Transamerica Trail. Okay. And that's what I was going to tell you, too. Along there is uh, what uh, Christy likes to refer to as the Freddy Krueger campsite. And the reason is, yeah, so we cross over this. There's a one-lane sketchy-ass bridge that goes over this valley, uh, like a creek or something, you know. And it's one lane. And when I say one lane, it's just, it feels like it's just really wide enough and tall enough for the forerunner to fit under. And so you go through this thing and then right next to that is this campground. Well, we can never make camp during the daytime. I don't care how hard we try it. Just for some reason, it never happens. So we pull up into this campsite and it's completely pitch black, but it's a developed campsite. So we're like, okay, well, this is cool, you know, but it's nobody's in this thing. Um, it's got trash cans and, and all toilets. That's about it, but it's just, completely black so we ended up just staying there cooking dinner and all good stuff and when we woke up in the morning we went and walked over to the side and there were some of the prettiest damn waterfalls like the water was so beautiful right there it was crazy that sketchy ass campground turned into this really pretty like waterside uh deal so yeah that whole area is beautiful i'm, I'm looking forward how long are you going to be able to go out there for it depends. Um, there's some things happening. Uh, I mean, I'd say probably three days, four days at most. Three days. I'll get, yeah. Um, you can do something in three days. Yeah. We got to find a spot. How far of a drive is it from you? Six, seven hours. <clears throat> Six, but, and seven I, hours. And I'm, up, I'm up crazy early, so I could probably, you know, I would, if it's just me heading out, which I think it is, then I'm just, I could hop up at 4 a.m. and be out there by noon if we wanted to do something like that. Oof. Hell, I just get on the road and go. That makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I typically do too. Um, I'd have to find out, I have to find out how far away it is. Uh, it's probably about six hours for me to know. Hello. No, you know, in Texas, everything you got to drive in Texas, bro. Everything's <laughs> far in Texas. Texas is big. Texas is big. You go yeah, man. The speed limit here. I was going down this road today, and the speed limit sixty miles an hour on this road. Houses and businesses and shit, and the sixty mile an hour speed limit down the road. Then it turns to sixty five, and then on the interstate, and it's seventy five. And in some places out west, I think it's eighty. And like Texas, you got to drive to get places here, bro. Like they need you to keep it moving. If you get yeah. a speeding ticket in Texas, that means that you were probably hauling ass. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've driven down to San Antonio before uh, when I was in college. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that was that was a long drive, and we ended up driving back oh. and like stopped in Louisiana, and it's just a drive. Like it's it's just long, and it's far from here at least. 
Yeah, it's like Outer Banks. I always tell people that matter where you're coming from, the Outer Banks is a long drive. Yeah, that was uh, 12 hours from Nashville, pretty much. We got up um, and then leaving. leaving Nine hours from Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, we were. We it was worse. We were leaving, and um, so we got up at like 8 a.m. and it was an hour and a half drive on the beach to the ferry, which is cool because you're driving on the beach, right? You can't be too mad about about doing that. But then once you're on the off the ferry, it's another 12 hours. So it was like yeah, a, cool. almost a 15 hour a day of just driving. Um, that it just exhausts you. Like when you when you get done with that day, you don't want to talk to nobody. You don't want to be around nobody. You just you just want to lay in a bed. <laughs> And just recover because that's long. That's how I felt yesterday when we got to our campsite. I was like, man, like I'm done driving. Like we're here, ready to roll. Like let's relax for a minute, go get something to eat. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, hey, dude, we're coming up on an hour. And I'll try to keep these things short. And I know we could sit here and talk for another three hours because that's just who we are. <laughs> um, but let's save some for the next time. Um, so we're going to be doing an outer or a, an Ozarks trip here soon, so I can pick up those Jeep doors. So um, I know you don't like the plan, but maybe we should do a. We'll figure uh, out a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should do a. Uh, uh, we could do a podcast after we do our trip to the Ozarks and we can talk about our trip to the Ozarks and, uh, and just talk about, well, what I'm definitely going to be recording the trip to the Ozarks too. So you're going to be on that. Yeah. Uh, it'll be served the Ozarks. So yeah, it'll be fun. You there? Oh yeah, I'm here. Yeah, there he is. Sorry. I thought I lost you. Uh, so, Hey, so yeah, before we jump off here, uh, let everybody know where they can find you your Instagram, your YouTubes, give us, give us a rundown of, of, of the shows that you produce and, and, and run. Man. So Sir William goes is uh, pretty much how you can find everything on all the socials. You got Sir William goes uh, the, the series on YouTube, Sir William goes is just me going to cool places, kind of my perspective on it and what I'm seeing, bringing you guys with me uh, as passengers uh, USA on dirt. Uh, is a series that I'm working on. USA on Dirt showcases all the different facets of off-road and uh, 4x4 culture and just everything from, you know, a lot of times we get stuck in the overland world, but, you know, there's whole different types of genres of off-roading and in communities and all within each other. So I like to explore all those on USA on Dirt. Inevitably, I come across people like yourself and others that have really badass purpose-built rigs to do whatever it is they want to do. And I like to showcase those off on a series that we call Badass Builds. And then there's going to be a new series about full-time RV living and the repairs and the do-it-yourself stuff that I've done and all the different things that uh, will be coming up shortly. So yeah, if you just go to YouTube, you look up Sir William Goes, you'll be able to find me, subscribe to that channel, hit the like button, smash the bell, do all that fun YouTube stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I look forward to having you come along on the adventures. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, it was a real pleasure as always talking with you, man. Um, cheers. And uh, we'll see you here in a few weeks whenever uh, we head up to those arcs. Cheers, brother. We're going to Brahms to get us some hamburgers and some ice cream. So Chris is ready to roll. I'm in. A holler. All right. Peace, Peace.